0: It is natural to feel not very confident when you're embarking on this intercultural understanding journey. That means it's the first step towards developing your intercultural empathy and understanding.
1: Welcome to the AIS New South Wales Creating Cohesive Communities podcast series developed by the Association of Independent Schools, New South Wales. Today we are joined by Dr Robin Maloney, Honorary Senior Lecturer at Macquarie University and Dr Maria Labitzna, researcher and teacher. Both Maria and Robin are prominent academics, educators and researchers in language and intercultural learning of students, teachers and communities. Their combined expertise and research has forged the way for several groundbreaking journal publications and books regarding building inclusive school communities through innovative intercultural practices in our very diverse Australian schools. Join us as we discuss whole school approaches to developing intercultural understanding through practice and research to build cohesive school communities. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands and airways in which we are meeting and broadcasting today. As we share our learning, we also pay respect to Elders both past and present, as it is their knowledge and experiences that holds the key to the success of our future generations. Thank you so much for making it today. We just wanted to know, what was the inspiration behind your research around whole school approaches to develop teachers' intercultural understanding?
2: Hello, everyone. Yes, well, I think we're inspired by the existence and the evidence of ongoing research which shows the racism that is still occurring in schools. The key to defeating it absolutely lies in building teacher skills in inclusion and in supporting every child's identity in the classroom and the playground, their well being and achievement at school. So, we devised uh, our, our solution, small scale solution, was to devise a professional learning program, which we ran in five different schools, diverse schools. And in that program, we really tried to open up teachers' personal abilities. In intercultural understanding. And this did uh, translate into creative new ideas for their classrooms and wider school environments. And because it was research, we could actually show that it did produce significant shift in teachers' practice and long term commitment to inclusion. So, then the result of putting the research together in this book is that we're able to offer you a blueprint. Uh, to be able to run this PD yourselves in your school. Every detail of the PD is supplied in one of the chapters of the book, so you could very easily run this course and achieve some of the same outcomes yourself.
1: Amazing. So can you tell us about some of the attributes for teachers' intercultural understanding capabilities?
0: Yes, um... Our findings based on interviews and surveys with primary and secondary school leadership and teachers helped to identify the seven attributes that really make a difference in teacher intercultural understanding and whole staff change. These attributes include both individual teachers' attitudes and the whole school approach. Their qualities include intercultural efficacy Personal experiences and global perspective. The importance of school wide support is identified as the key attribute in the context of a whole school environment.
1: Amazing that the whole school approaches is a theme that comes up time and time again in terms of developing and strengthening the learning outcomes and well being. Of school communities and and how pivotal pivotal that is in terms of the intercultural understanding education as well and and it is a, a driving force, isn't it? With your linguistics and languages background, Robin, how important is the use of language regarding building cohesive classrooms, and how can this be used in teacher PR to assist with some practical strategies?
2: For us, language is the key, Julia. Um, because it is the greatest contact with children's identities and families. Um, Where I live, in my suburb in Sydney, 103 languages are spoken, according to the SBS Census Explorer. But in Broken Hill, similarly, 50 languages are spoken. So it is right across rural and urban environments, this diversity, that we're sometimes slow to acknowledge In the book, we talk about how our program was focused on um, enabling teachers to devise creative strategies which tap into children's languages and cultures, backgrounds, and the knowledge bases that are involved in those languages, Um, Indigenous languages, uh, immigrant community languages, and so on. Um, For example, um, in terms of knowledge bases, Perhaps we could think in science, are there alternative ways of seeing and of course naming the stars in different cultural systems? There are certainly different um, chemistries uh, and biologies, different approaches to any energy use and sustainability in different countries. In mathematics, different counting systems which represent life in different countries. What would your life be like if you had a counting system that was one, two, three, a lot? <laughs> We're especially big fans of a book by Corey Tutt, um, The First Scientists, which is a wonderful portrayal of um, Indigenous science knowledge in Australia. But there are so many ways to tap into our families knowledge bases and skills and talents to include which is a way of capturing and valuing children's identities.
1: I love that I love the way that um, language really is a window into a student's reality and 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 values and how important that plays out in a classroom as well but responding to that, in a in a an appropriate way to 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 build upon well-being and learning outcomes. Amazing. So Maria, why is intercultural understanding capability so important in building inclusive school communities? I feel like we're starting to build upon that, but I'd love to hear more about it.
0: We know that schools continue to be a place at which students experience exclusion and racism and their urgent calls for new holistic approaches to interculturality in educators, teachers and students uh, due to our increased diversity in the classroom. However, this critical work is still only recently recognized and is in emerging stages and we know that many Australian school populations feature a high percentage of children from diverse, spiritual and cultural backgrounds in both rural and urban centers. So there is an increasing need for a school to be an inclusive place, which supports shared intercultural goals. And what is also very important, supports our students' mental health and emotional and social welfare. Technologies have enabled the shift for many educators to innovative online spaces, um, participation and dialogues, but may have left little time for critical reflections on inclusive education. And it was really satisfying for us to see change in a staff coming together, sharing pleasure in their their intercultural work, their surprise at students' enjoyment. And I would like to refer to one example. In our lower socioeconomic school, with low school self esteem and a weak culture, teachers and kids mapped all their origins, language, and stories. And instead of feeling like they were undesirable backblocks, they said, You can see the whole world from here, all roads lead to us.
1: Oh, wow, that is so beautiful and profound. And I just love that uncovering of all the assets and the gemstones and the strengths that are part of that community. That would totally reframe perhaps the way um, they have been viewed or labelled and that, you know, there's possibilities to then open up and build upon that. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Just in terms of... um, regional and remote areas, because they've been mentioned a bit and we did, you know, Robin, you did highlight that there is diversity, in fact, you know, when we we do look at remote areas, although sometimes we might not assume that, but when we are considering schools in regional and remote areas, what would be some of the whole school practical approaches to build intercultural understanding in the classroom and beyond? Mm. Well, I think first and foremost like our standards
2: say it's to know your students and their families whether this comes from leadership or at the classroom level it's extremely important one of the principals in our study for example has found the value of investing quite a lot of time in enrollment interviews so she really spends a lot of time with every family um, collecting information and knowledge about their backgrounds and that is a very good investment of time so know your students do you have the accurate data that you need about their backgrounds their languages the festivals they're going to celebrate their religions Um, know your aboriginal and torres strait islander students and their families and their situations their socioeconomic situations their language Whose country is your school sitting on? Have you researched its location and its connections? Do you know where the elders are in your area? Third, um, we we would strongly advocate um, as a leadership initiative supported by staff, the introduction or strong maintenance of a language program as a whole school initiative. Because a language program is such a strong catalyst for experiencing otherness, experiencing another fellow's way of life, that it is not just the learning of French or Japanese or uh, some other language. It is the catalyst for experiential learning of other people's lives. And that uh, has a fundamental value in whole school change. And I think, uh, fourthly, Take a walk around your school, Take a walk and look at what is represented or not on the walls, the doors, the corridors, the surface of the playground. Um, It is surprising the difference between schools. So some schools absolutely rejoice and exhibit the diverse identities of their children and students Um, right through the school their trophy room has examples of diverse achievements not just sport although (laughs) sport's great but um, yeah that that sort of diversity of representation and achievement right throughout your school is extremely important to the support of kids identities in that school there's some of the things that we would recommend
1: Amazing, thank you. And it's it's just so profound just having something that's so visually um, representative of the cohort of the school community and beyond how important that is. And as you said, that that sense of um, joy and rejoicing in terms of the diversity when it is outwardly um, displayed, the impact it has inwardly for, for students and families and communities and um, really encouraging um, that sense of belonging and, and feeling welcomed. It's so key. Thank you for sharing all those. They're really quite important and quite profound. Robin, sometimes it can be tricky to find opportunity to foster intercultural understanding in some curriculum areas. Can you give us some practical examples of how intercultural understanding has been fostered in areas such as history or geography yes
2: right across the curriculum in fact julia um uh, we're continuing to explore examples of creative strategies for teachers across the curriculum so i think there's increasing recognition of uh, different knowledge bases in science knowledge the the value um, of indigenous knowledge in how to care for country often embedded in the language of that country uh, new new respect for Indigenous fire strategies to look after country uh, and in many other areas. Um, in geography, I think there's a new recognition of the importance of a sense of place and how everything starts with place, what grows and lives and succeeds in a certain place um, with a certain climate and geography um, shapes the life in that place. So we are all products of of place, (laughs) if you like. Um, There are lovely intersections between um, mathematics and, for example, uh, different traditions in visual arts. So um, the geometry involved in Middle Eastern mosaic work and art um, is of interest in both uh, fields, both KLAs Um, in history, uh, there are new, new explorations of different histories, uh, which are, you know, held by those different cultural groups and that need to be considered um, in historical work. Um, there are t- enormous opportunities in English through the use of a text from different countries and the exploration of commonalities. The fact that uh, fairy tales and stories, very similar ones, occur in so many different cultures across the world.
1: Oh, I love that! I love that how the yeah that fairy tale can be played out in multiple cultures with a, a you know particular themes that are unpacked but are universal. But loving that you mentioned the, the the opportunity for the multiple and diverse narratives that you can now find in history it's not just one story or a a story and that intersection you know and i love those connections you made that might not have been so um obvious you know maths with visual arts that's incredible and how it's all richly connected with um culture and 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 so on in terms of all uh, and language you know um there is one interesting thing it's not
2: actually in the book but it's been something that i've been thought thinking about since the book came yeah. out, that uh, in terms of Indigenous art, uh, Indigenous art can function as a visual arts, but it also, in many Indigenous artists' perception, it is also history and geography and story. Um, uh, so that, there's a lot
1: to explore there. Mm. That is incredibly rich and profound and and. So valuable, and definitely when it comes to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um, peoples and communities and cultures, how important it is that that's now honoured and and in you know is it it's not an afterthought. You know, it's actually part of everyone's business and everyone's education, and it's, and and how yeah. rich. It is as well in terms of knowledge and funds of knowledge. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, thank you so much for sharing, Robin. Maria, can I just ask, in in your book you mentioned that it's very important that teachers have a positive disposition when it comes to intercultural understanding education, something we've kind of um, covered a bit already. But do you have any tips for those teachers whose colleagues might be a little bit hesitant or unsure to embark on their intercultural understanding journey. Yes,
0: and this is very common to have to feel some discomfort and lack of confidence uh, in our current schools, school environment, but any staff at any level can be a leader in this work. And generally speaking, principals and all staff are open to inspiration and new ideas, and they all want to produce well-being and achievement for their students. I believe we just have to light this little spark in teachers of everyone's own personal intercultural story and responsibility to get it going. And also, we have used a specific phrase in our book, productive discomfort and it can be acknowledged as
1: a teaching skill. So can you tell us more about productive discomfort? I believe that what we have just uh,
0: discussed that it is uh, natural uh, to feel um, not very confident uh, when uh, you're embarking on this intercultural understanding journey. And we believe when teachers and students, when they have this feeling, that means it's the first step towards uh, developing your intercultural empathy and understanding. So you should, in a way, feel this kind of discomfort because mm-hmm. it's a very personal journey and sharing personal stories with other people.
1: Amazing. So sort of sitting in that um uncomfortable space is actually part of the learning and growing process. It's mm-hmm. it very true. Oh, absolutely. And that kind of probably starts to unlock it a bit. And I really love that, um, what you touched upon also in terms of how powerful everyone's stories to contribute towards that journey as well, which is so important. So that probably leads me to a, a really beautiful question that I'd love to hear the two of you respond to. Can you share any inspirational moments or an aha moment that you've come across during your research or professional learning with teachers and students?
2: Well, I'd like to throw in um, with great respect the uh, staff member, senior staff member who hadn't actually noticed that the walls in his school were completely bare until we took a picture of it and that was a catalyst for him just to very openly and, uh, you know, very graciously completely accept that and turn around his practice and he sent us photographs after the PD, he sent us photographs of the students' work displayed in stairwells and all around the school. I thought that was a good outcome.
1: An amazing um, transformative shift, and something that you know doesn't have to be complicated as well. But how beautiful! I got sponsors then. <laughs> <laughs> and as
2: Maria said, when there was when we went back, <clears throat> Maria did quite a lot of this work of going back and talking to her, the whole staff. Um, Ten weeks after the PD course, um, because they'd been they had designed and then implemented um, some classroom units, units of work or ideas in their classrooms. And so we went back and they um, were really enjoying. You could see that it had generated staff enjoyment of each other and of uh, enjoying the surprise that they had encountered in seeing the kids' pleasure in the inclusive work. They were really surprised. Um, It might seem strange, but they they were very surprised that kids were so excited about having, for example, I think there was a measurement lesson. And instead of measuring between Sydney and Brisbane, you know, how many kilometres, it was between Istanbul and somewhere else. And just that simple act of localising a simple measurement lesson in another place that was familiar to kids, um, had a was a catalyst effect. Again, there were so many small and big things. Um, another school did a mapping of where all the staff uh, had come from, including the office staff, and um, that engendered a lot of interest. Another school simply created multilingual signage for the senior staff doors, so the principal and the deputies had posters made for their doors, introducing themselves in the six major languages of the school. Um, those things made a tremendous difference and uh, the teachers were excited to see the difference that they made.
1: Incredible.
0: Lovely. Yeah, and I think we might just come back to the question about the key role of language learning and language awareness in teachers because one of our school. Case studies especially showed that having a language program and they had three languages, community languages within the primary school um, environment as compulsory, compulsory subject. So these language programs have greatly increased teachers' positive disposition towards intercultural understanding. So there was a groundwork of understanding and openness there. Uh, There was no Anxiety about including and trying out kids' family languages. It was okay to approach parents who helped to make bilingual books. And there were so many positive examples uh, within the context of this particular school, which refers really to the fact that only 15% of New South Wales schools have a language program within the primary school environment. And we believe it's a significant factor in racism that it's such a limited number of schools.
1: Mm. Oh, it's yeah, that's really quite telling, isn't it, in terms of um, that fact? Uh, But really, um, really appreciated the positive effect. Uh, inclusive strategies play out in the classroom spaces and what you actually witness as part of your research and as part of the influence of your book's approach as well. So thank you for sharing those. Um, Before we wrap up, have we missed anything that may further highlight the achievements regarding your research or other research projects that value add to whole school approaches to developing intercultural understanding?
2: I would just encourage uh, schools um, to do their own research if if they um, have time and inclination that the the model of setting out to create change and having a means of observing change is very satisfying (laughs) and um, I think it's a very important um, activity that a school professional activity that that a school can learn a lot from in terms of uh, um, knowledge and understanding of their own environment. In that, every school is unique and has a unique set of, of factors.
0: Mm. Great, right.
1: thank you, Robin.
0: And I think would be happy. If there are any questions, if any school uh, would like to approach us, I would be very happy also. Um, So create a dialogue with schools as well.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much to both of you, Robin and Maria. And just to confirm, as part of our show notes, all your contact details and reference to your book will be available so people can connect and hopefully continue this amazing journey in terms of fostering intercultural understanding and whole school approaches within classrooms and beyond. So thank you so much for joining us today. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. For further information on the AIS New South Wales Community Cohesion podcast series, and project, or any of our guests, please see our show notes.